0: Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Well, 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 here we are on another Sunday night recording, because this has now become our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) Hey, it works for me. It's like, you get done with church, you take your little afternoon of, well, I wish I could say I took a nap this afternoon. I was going to, and then I just didn't. Just didn't happen. How about you? No naps this afternoon for you either?
1: No. uh, My son's birthday was yesterday, his party, and he is way too popular, so he brought home way too much crap from his birthday. I mean presents from his birthday. <clears throat> uh, so now I have to find uh, all the places for it. But our, our number one fan, Corey Wheeler, came up and saw me at the birthday and she just uh, talked about the podcast and she said we have to make more episodes because she's caught up now.
0: Okay, well we'll we'll get right on that. The well, thing like is that?
1: it's still gonna only record
0: like, we're still once a week. It's just how that works. We're not gonna do more than that just once a week. but we got but, time for.
1: but I spent time cleaning and in laundry primarily.
0: Oh. Sounds domestic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been domesticated. <laughs> you're not a you're not a wild
0: animal anymore. And domesticated.
1: Did I ever tell you the story about a guy who showed up at my church and told me I looked domesticated and gave me buttons to sew on a shirt? Did I ever tell you that story? Absolutely not, but that sounds quite interesting. I think now I told you, but he was like, you look like domesticated. Do you know how to sew? And I was like, I do. And he was like, can you sew some buttons on my shirt? And I was like, probably. And so that's how I that I did. Did he mean sophisticated? I don't think so. <laughs> He just was this old man.
0: I was fine. He just was uh, thinking, oh, you look like someone who could do that. You know what, Amanda? No one in, in their right mind would ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> they look at me and go, yeah, not her. She's not that person. I'm and not going to. Can I sew I a like button you... on a shirt? I think maybe if, if it was life or death and it came down to having the button on the shirt, I could probably make it work. Um, but as a rule, I will seek out someone who has a skill set that I do not possess, and I will ask for their assistance. There you go. That's how I operate.
1: Asking for help is a skill. It is. I probably a domesticated one at that. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Honestly, I think that being able to
0: ask for help for skills and abilities that are outside your realm is one of the most helpful useful practical skills a leader can have
1: yep I agree
0: you know I I go back to so the very wise sage of Xena warrior princess who Love said it. who said I have many skills uh which which I do possess many skills but I also lack many skills and so I'll uh, we'll definitely ask for assistance when it is not in my realm of, yeah, skill set. Anyway, you know, that is actually somewhat of a segue into Nehemiah. I'm, lay- I'm laying it out for you. Eh, eh. Yeah, we don't, friends, if you think for one second that we, we plan these, like, introduction things, we don't. So not there was.
1: I, not even I can plan for what I'm going to say. <laughs> just happens.
0: No, honestly, if we wrote it down,
1: you still wouldn't stick to script. So <laughs> That's what, yeah, that's why we, we, you know me. Yep. yep it's true. It's okay. It's okay.
0: So tonight uh, we are talking again, back in David McKenna's book, Becoming Nehemiah, Leading with Significance. And we are now uh, kind of a little bit into Nehemiah's story. And so tonight, a lot of it that we're going to discuss tonight is talking about the circumstances surrounding Nehemiah's arrival to Jerusalem. Um, yeah. So instead of reading it, because he takes a big chunk, we talked about this a few, few weeks ago and how he kind of uses this block and gap method of looking at Nehemiah's life. So he's taking kind of large chunks of material, large chunks of Bible, uh, just the kind of the, parts that are helpful to the leadership development aspect of Nehemiah's story, and then he analyzes them in the chapter. And so tonight, instead of reading all of those big chunks of Scripture, which I highly recommend if you have the time, if you you know seek out a Bible, whether it's in a Bible app or a physical Bible you might have, to actually read through chapters 2 through 7, uh, that would be very helpful to the conversation that we're having.
1: And I'll just say, as someone who's easily distracted Nehemiah is actually fun to read. It reads it like a novel. It's it not, does. sometimes people think like reading large portions of scripture is going to be boring. Not Nehemiah. Correct. It, it, is a, it, it captures the attention.
0: Yes. There are a couple passages that are a little arduous with the the listing of names. You can, if you're just reading it for the sake of this study, you can kind of skip those names. It's a litany of those who have it's really Nehemiah saying, these are all of the families who helped me build the wall of the... Yeah, it's of like Jerusalem. when you build
1: a, a new building and you put a placard, like, you know. It's a really, big really wall. big placard. Yeah, it's just really huge.
0: Just it's a big wall. Lists every single person who had any hand in anything. That that guy over there hauled bricks for two weeks. Yeah.
1: Or like, like the credits after a movie.
0: It's exactly like the credits after a movie. Yeah. And I think if people looked at it that way, it might seem less arduous then. Mm-hmm. But I was going to pop it up in my actual scriptures as well. Okay. My Bible: Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. All right. So lots of good stuff here. So I highly recommend reading through Nehemiah 2 through 7. Um, but... Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we're going to kind of summarize some of this stuff for you to catch you up in case you don't um, have the time to kind of look through it. But it is interesting. So Nehemiah has gotten authority uh, to go by the king, by King Artaxerxes, to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And so he heads to Jerusalem. And instead of saying, getting there and immediately gathering together a committee of people, he spends three, he takes... Three days, in fact, I'm going to read this little first first little bit. Mm -hmm. Nehemiah chapter 2, 11 through 16 says this. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding upon. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down. And it's gates, which had been destroyed by fire. And it talks about he circumnavigates the city of Jerusalem at night, kind of taking a survey of the walls. And I think it's such an interesting way to get a lay of the land, right? That's Nehemiah's whole goal right now at this juncture is to figure out what is needed to get this job done.
1: And he didn't want to wait for someone else to tell him what was needed, which I appreciated. (laughs) You know, because people have different opinions, right? Absolutely. So he wants to, not that he's not going to take opinions, but he wants to just go out and he just wants to say, what am I seeing that's important as an outsider? Because he essentially is in this, right? As an outsider's perspective. Um, I also love, so, you know, in the space between Artaxerxes and Jerusalem, he actually, you know, he has to go to all these different areas to get supplies with these letter from the king, like, hi, I'm somebody important. I'm here to do an important thing. Give me all the things. But when he goes, that's a yeah, that's a paraphrase. But when he goes to um Jerusalem, he doesn't do any of that. Right. He he goes very, you know, very just. Hey, I'm just a dude. Me and my horse or camel or mount, I don't know, and we're just looking around. <laughs> you know, he doesn't come with any um pomp or circumstance or seemingly authority. Seems Even that way. he does have the authority. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah, so and I feel like too it's important that he does it at night um, which I think is another just, not that he's trying to do it surreptitiously or secretively but I think there's a there's an aspect of it where he needs to get a survey done that isn't hindered or distracted by other people. Uh Like, What are you doing? Why are you walking around the city? What are you, what are you looking at? Why are you doing, why are you there? Right. And at night I feel like he would get less interruptions, fewer interruptions. Uh Um, And I also think it's interesting that he's very concerned. Um, about this and and says repeatedly that this is a job that God has laid on his heart. Yeah. This is not a job that he just feels like needs to be done because it should be done. Although it does. Right. But it's something that God has laid on his heart to do. And God's hand and -hmm. provision have been with him along that journey. And so I think in our own walk of leadership in our own walk of of following Jesus is are we doing what it is God has asked and called us to do?
1: Mm. Right and it and it can be I mean I think the the answer we'd want to say, "Oh yeah, well, of course we are." <laughs> but we can do a lot of stuff that God's like, "What?" Right. But for why? Like yeah. Um, and I and I think taking inventory to say is this well you know that the saying is this a good idea or a god idea? Yeah. Because we can get wrapped up in doing good ideas all the time, right? Because there's no shortage of good things that could be done. Correct. But is it? And I think that sometimes that's where a lot of burnout can come from too. Is when we're trying to do these things. Yeah. And the, and it just keeps mounting like. The work just never it just keeps on increasing. <laughs> Apologies. But if um but when it's God's idea, not only see God I don't want to say that God is like Nehemiah, but I but I think about this when 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 we have a problem, God has already surveyed, right? He's already been around, he's already found the gaps. He already comes with the plan. Right? You know, and we just have to like, okay, now we know the plan because it's God's plan. If God, it's God's plan, it's up to him to find the ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where that, you know, yoke is light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Which is why it's important to know, am I just doing this just because it's a good thing to do? And it doesn't mean like you should never do something just because it's the great thing to do. Right. But you should pay attention to am i am i just doing stuff just to do it absolutely uh frustratingly i'm not finding it
0: you kept talking it was really great and then you stopped talking and i was like dang it can't find oh, it sorry. um well i was just so i've been listening through the gospels uh which is typically what i do when we get to the advent season which we're coming up on And so I'm, i've been listening every morning As they get ready through the gospels. And one of the things that kind of struck me again uh, is when Jesus goes to Capernaum and He's he's at Peter's house and he's healing all these people. The word gets around, and all these people crowd, and they, they want healing from Jesus, right? And so all night long he ministers to the people, and then you know, it gets to be nighttime, and he withdraws to a solitary place, and the next morning comes and the disciples go looking for him, like, Jesus, where did you go? Like, you you weren't in the house, what the heck? And all the crowd of people who hadn't yet, you know, hadn't gotten their way to Jesus yet, go come find him. He's like, guys, we got to get across the lake. Let's. I've got other towns to go visit. I've got other things I've got to do. And it's not that Jesus didn't want to minister to people, it's that... There's always there is always going to be more to do. There's always going to be more it's, people to heal. There's always going to be more miracles to perform. Right.
1: Matthew eight
0: could be. Yeah. See, see, I was in Luke, but it could be Matthew would be a better way to do it.
1: Yeah, or Mark six. Yeah. Heals many,
0: cheated. yeah. But he came in, just, yep. When Jesus saw the crowd, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Yeah, it's just the the whole idea of he wants to withdraw. He wants to go talk to his disciples and teach. Right. And again, coming back to the just the concept of there's always things to do, uh-huh. right? Or even even the concept of Mary and Martha, right? and Martha's oh, mad oh. at her sister Mary for not helping. And Jesus says, Hey, Martha, there's always going to be things to do. Mary's made the, you know, has chosen what's better to Uh sit at my feet and to learn. Right. And Nehemiah here, there's a lot of things to do. Uh There's a lot of things to do. And he starts off. We learned in chapter one, he starts off in the right way. He prays and he fasts Uh and he kind of looks for what God do you want me to do in this situation? And then he, I think he very much says, God, you've spoken to me. I'm going to go to the king. May you give me favor in front of the king. The king gives him exactly what he asks for. Clearly, God's hand is on Nehemiah to, to accomplish this task. Uh-huh. So it's it's not destined for success just because God's in it. Because I will tell you, friends, okay. that there's a whole lot of us that can get in the way Sometimes of God's plan. Not that God oh, will work, work around us sometimes, but
1: winning doesn't always look like we think either.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: <laughs> In God's plan.
0: Correct. <laughs> Success doesn't always look what we think it is. But that's
1: a whole different topic, but
0: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a that's a um that's a podcast by itself, <laughs> I think. But if we keep going, uh so Nehemiah surveys the, the land, the wall around Jerusalem kind of gets a plan and he's got a strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Um. He hadn't said anything. This is interesting too. And you pointed this out before we went before we hit record, but says the officials did not know where I'd gone or what I was doing because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. Yeah. So he's already got a plan for forming in his brain. So he kind of knows what he's going to do, but he's also, mm-hmm. he's got he's to gotta lay out how this is going to go down, how mm-hmm. this is going to work. And so this yeah. is... Go
1: ahead. Well, I, I had said to you, you know, um, I'm just imagining him picturing certain types of people in his head as he's walking around and, and coming up with, what if they ask this? This is the answer. Yeah. Like, thinking through all... Now, he's not just... He's not just finding gaps in the actual wall. Like, he's finding gaps in the plan you know like like he's he's um he's going prepared which i think that's another thing too just because it's it's god's plan doesn't mean don't be prepared
0: correct
1: because i mean i'll tell you i'm not always good i'm a little bit like an optimist sometimes when it comes to like stuff i'm like you know um it'll work out <laughs> and it usually is fine you know and nine out of ten times it is fine but i do find like when i when i god is putting something on my heart and then i work it everything is just better <laughs> yes right because because god is also factored whoever he's calling into the plan and their skill, knowledge skill set talents drive communication skills Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Use yeah. those things.
0: <laughs> well, think about, is, you know, he's developing this idea as he's surveying this, this city of Jerusalem and figuring out what the state of the walls are in each of its locations. He might be jotting down some notes onto a piece of parchment or papyrus, right? He might be, got a clay tablet there and he's jotting down some things. But he's also, as you said, the the who, the uh-huh. where, the what, the how um mm-hmm. but ultimately i think the why is the thing he's got to sell you know now in this case i don't think it's a hard why to sell because the the why is well we want jerusalem to be, per- be to be protected by some walls uh-huh. so that we're not so easily overrun by warlords in the area right i think the the motivation is probably pretty high for the people to want to help make this happen, right? Oh, I'll be better served and better protected and safe? I will sign right up. Where do I put my name down? How do we make this happen, right? But he's also Uh got to figure out, you know, a little bit of logistics of how. How do you build walls with unskilled labor? Because, honestly, a lot of these people are going to be unskilled labor. So you got to be strategic, Uh You know, I I think of it in the context of even just my job. There are certain things that certain people can do. There are certain other things that only certain people can do, right? So, Uh you know, for example, some people cannot drive a 24-foot box truck. It's not in their wheelhouse. So you cannot ask them to do that because it's not going to happen. But they might be able to set a table. Or vacuum a carpet, or take the trash to the dirt to the dumpster, right?
1: You know, in Salvation Army, we have something called a local officer, yep. which is something um, which is like a lay leader. They have a certain specific job um, that they do in the ch- in for the for the benefit of the church body. And we had a guy who had uh, special needs at our at our former corps who really just wanted to help, but he didn't have a lot of soft skills, right? He just, but one thing we could teach him how to do was make coffee and he became the coffee sergeant. And that was his, that was his title. He had a certificate, (laughs) you know, and every day he came in and he, now like first, like we were having like eight pots of coffee made every Sunday, you know, which was like too many, but you know, we, we developed the skill, but that was what he could contribute. He could do that. And do it yep. well. And he did it with joy. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's you gotta find, you gotta figure out the niche.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and, and as we were talking before, and I'm going to skip to that, that one section, because I think we're going to come back to it a lot Um, near the end of the chapter um in David McKenna's book that talks about volunteers, because uh, this whole job that Nehemiah is doing is pretty well volunteers from the city, right? And how you gotta find the people and you gotta give them a job. You gotta motivate them to do that job. And they might be intrinsically motivated, right? You, There's lots of people who are intrinsically motivated to do a job and that's great. But some people are extrinsically motivated. That means they're motivated by something outside of themselves. And whatever that may be, in this case, building the walls of Jerusalem is an extrinsic and an intrinsic, extrinsic because they they're being protected but also feeling safe, right? Yep. Yeah. But in the case of Nehemiah, he's also got to figure out manageable job responsibilities for them, as we as you talked about uh-huh. that gentleman who made coffee, whether it's vacuuming, taking out trash, bell ringing. Um, In the Salvation Army, there's lots of there's lots of things on a daily basis that is part of my job that if I can give out manageable tasks to people so they can be part of the mission, not only is my job a thousand times easier. Because think about this, if Nehemiah was attempting to build the wall of Jerusalem by his lonesome, I don't think he would have succeeded in rebuilding the wall in his lifetime. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, does he know how to build a wall? Was that, was that in Cut to the King 101?
0: I don't think that that was on the list of prescribed things. But what I can say is that even if he could, even if he knew exactly what needed to be done, um, I don't know about you, but walls in that time, so this is like mm-hmm. 400, give or take years before Jesus, 500 years before Jesus, they're building walls straw, out of out of mud straw well yeah or just really big rocks oh yeah that they that they carve up into blocks and have to haul into a lo- into a place the rocks that because if you do it out of mud bricks it could have been I think it's out of bigger bricks than that like stone yeah that I mean that makes sense
1: one person ain't gonna lift those right He'd just be rolling There goes Nehemiah rolling his rocks <laughs> again. Sorry.
0: Well, he <you> could shape <laughs> them into the form of squares. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. or maybe they used rubble. I don't know exactly what the wall would have looked like, but if it was gonna be sturdy, in fact, at one juncture, one of the the critics, because he's got a band of critics, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get to that, but says, Well, even a fox
1: Running along the top of the wall would topple it. It would it would fall down if like a fox. Yeah, he starts to build it, and they like not even worried. They're like, "What that wall is the stupidest wall I've ever seen." Yes. Oh. So
0: so Nehemiah has his work. Um, he's got his work cut out for him, but he makes it makes it work. So one of the things that he he really does to motivate the people says this, then I said to him, you see the trouble we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And then I told them also about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said. And so they replied, let us start rebuilding. Yep. Nehemiah had the right motivation for the people and he inspired yep. them to join in the task.
1: Now, this just could be my fantastical mind, but how I imagine this scene is like the scene from Les Mis with the guy. Have you ever seen Les Miserables, the musical? Yes.
0: Which scene are you talking about? When
1: they're in the pub and Marcus is there, they're like talking the dream about like, we're going to rise up. Yeah. And then like, they just keep like, and more people join the table and they're like, yeah, freedom. Like that. Anyway. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's how I imagine it. I mean okay. probably went differently. But something like you know, he just started with a few and he's you know, he's talking about, you know, we deserve to be free. We deserve walls.
0: Is that, that like, like William Wallace and uh yeah. Braveheart?
1: Yep, yeah, that too, that yep. Also he brings them all out to the wall, he's like on his horse and he's like Come now, men let us do the Lord's work. They're like, yeah. Anyway. Or or it went differently. I don't know. I'll find out one day. Ask that question.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Alright, so he clearly <laughs> got them on the same page as himself. And it's interesting because as soon as that happens, friends. And this is where I want you to not get discouraged. If you're in a position of leadership or even not in a position of leadership, but feel like you're a leader or feel like God is kind of pushing you towards leading or leadership, you're going to have detractors. You're going to have those critics who come who say, no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. You're not the one to do that. You're not good enough. You're not what are you doing? You're you usur- you are supering our power. You're coming in and
1: changing things. You're filling the blank, right? Yeah, well, right. First they say, like, you're dumb, and you don't know what you're doing, and then when, like, he does, then they're like, you're you're just trying to be bad, and you're trying to take stuff from the king, and and then I love the advisor, rep- we'll get to it, but he's like, what? Like, no- like no- nothing what you're saying is true. Like, you're just making all this stuff in your head. Can you just well, several these are the...
0: times, these detractors that several they 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 don't just do it once and give up. They're yeah. tenacious. These are tenacious critics,
1: trolls, as we would say. Trolls. Yes, Straight I would not say, trolls. but you might say. <laughs> haters. Hey, haters. There you Doing go. Too much. Yeah.
0: Well, they were they were torqued because, see, that's my word, torqued, but. <laughs> <laughs> because Nehemiah was messing with the status quo. Yeah. Because think about it. Sanballat is a Horonite, not a Jew. Tobiah, Ammonite, not a okay. Jew. Geshem, who's an Arab, they're like, no. They mocked and ridiculed Nehemiah. What is this you're doing? Are you really belling, rebelling against the king? As though he doesn't have letters from the king, which he does. <laughs> right? You're just going against what the king said. The king doesn't want this wall to be built. Nehemiah says, well, here's a letter. Here you go. Yeah. Nehemiah, I love the permit. (laughs) Here's my building permit. Yep. He answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Friends, if you have detractors, if you have critics, if you have people who say, you can't do that, and you feel called by God to do it, God will make it work out in the end. Right.
1: But Everyone's also, glad-haters.
0: Nehemiah did not call them names. He didn't. He didn't rise to their level of mocking or ridicule. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a a leader is someone who can kinda take what people give and respond well and respond not in like kind, but in a godly way. Right?
1: That is the goal. That is the goal, ultimately. Yep. This is when I send my husband. No, I'm not so bad. But I'm really grateful people can't read minds, though. Sometimes. There, well, you know,
0: there's some things that you can have in your brain that you just don't share out <laughs> loud.
1: Like, oh, you're still talking? Super. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> so, friend, we've oh. already talked for a really long time on this, and we're not even, like...
1: I know. not it's done good. with such... But Listen. they don't have time.
0: What timeline are we on? Well, we can take up as much time as we darn real feel like. But what I'm saying is, like, maybe we continue this conversation next week. I mean, that's fair. Give, give people the opportunity to read Nehemiah. Because here the reality is, friends, Nehemiah is so awesome. This whole section of text, I'm telling you what, you want a lesson in how to uh, articulate a plan, like mm-hmm. figure out what your plan is, articulate the plan to the people and make the plan work. Read Nehemiah oh. 2 through 4. Yeah. Because he builds that wall, friends, in 52 days. That's right. 52 days. Jerusalem at this juncture is a... It's not as big as it is today by any stretch. It, it's not as big as it was in Jesus' day. But this is this is a feat of an engineering marvel by unskilled laborers. In 52 days, he was able to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And he did it because God's hand was upon him. Right. And but also because he understood that if he kept rallying the troops, we're gonna read as we go on that he faced some not just mocking and ridicule, but some
1: arduous um
0: opposition is the word I'm looking for there.
1: And even from his the old, the very people he's trying to help. Absolutely. But don't understand Absolutely.
0: several Which things can happen so I want to I stop here. I do want to uh, give you a final thought, but so that folks, if you have the chance, please read through Nehemiah uh, and we will continue this conversation. But Amanda, do you have any final thoughts on, on just what we co- kind of covered tonight?
1: Um, Sure. Yeah, I would just say if you're anything like me, ideas are always spinning, right? They're always kind of just going. But taking the time to stop and ask, is this a me thing or is this a God thing? And I think if it's a God thing, it comes back. Yeah. You know, it never doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, Because if you act on everything that you think, like, well, if I acted on every single thing that I thought, oh, let's do this thing. Um, My, my staff actually joke because I'll say, hey, do you have a minute? I have an idea. And they go, oh, my gosh, leave the office immediately. Uh, (laughs) but um, but take time to sit on it like Nehemiah fasted and prayed, right? And then you'll know for sure, yeah. And when you know for sure, you will have the confidence to see it through because you know that you know that this is from God. And so, when the naysayers and all the hardships come, you've taken that time already. Yeah, you're like storing it up, like um, like in a chamber for when your battery's low, right? Yeah, there's always no the phrase that. But do you know yeah. what I mean? The confidence, yeah. you have like a confidence. container. You know that God has called you to do
0: it, so He knows. You know that He'll call you. He'll He'll carry you yeah. through it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. that's, that's awesome. I agree. I think it is so important as we endeavor to serve God well to make sure that he's in it, that what we're doing, you know, I always think, uh, you know, back to, I can't remember who told, who was the first one to tell me, but they said, instead of like asking God, what should you do? Like, see where God is already working and joining him, join him there. But it's a similar concept, you know, figure out what God is doing. And sometimes that does mean stopping and praying and fasting. And that's okay. And, then when you get, that's like that time of preparation, yeah. The time of getting ready, that time of, um. In fact, gosh, somebody there was what there's a there's an adage, and I cannot remember what culture it's from, but it talks about if you have a hundred minutes to cut down a tree, you should spend ninety eight of those sharpening the axe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But but the idea of you know preparation. Is so much better than trying to jump in with both feet and realizing you're in over your head. And now I forgot how to swim.
1: Yeah, you know? it's not wasted time. You're 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 building up your your fortitude. Right. Yep. And waiting on the Lord
0: is never in vain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If we wait well, if we wait in expectation. But also, I you know, so today and I know we said final thought, and I'm still thinking. So. Today I was preaching on the Word of God and the armor of God and the sword of the Spirit and how one of the things that we need to always be doing is reading our Bible every day, even in you know blue skies, quote unquote blue skies, and the idea that um because if we're trying to, f- for the first time, wield our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, in the middle of a battle, like that's the first time we ever picked up the sword, we're going <laughs> to die. Like it's not going to end well for us. Right? Yeah. Uh, so we, we need to be utilizing and practicing in days that are not heavy, days that are not arduous, days that are not storm, uh, so that when we get to those places, uh-huh. we're prepared. So, And Nehemiah shows that. All those years as a cupbearer, the praying well, and fasting before he goes before the king, he gets all of those things ready so that when the task comes, he has a plan and he's prepared. See, good stuff. Well, yep, there's good too much to too much in this chapter to cover on one night, because we'd be here for another hour at least. So we will be back. Yes. <laughs> well take this opportunity for a commercial interruption. <laughs> Come back next week. Where we finish. Same bat time, same bat channel, right? Something like that. Huh? Something well, like that.
1: Everyone, uh, I don't know when you're listening, but it is Thanksgiving week for us, so. Have a happy and say, safe Thanksgiving from the Misfit Messengers podcast.
0: Amen. All right friends.
1: God bless us why so we can be a blessing to others. All right, we'll catch you guys next time.